0: This is Fam Electric Ghost, and we're live on the air with Ashton Martin for the second time, first time in 2023, and we're going to be talking about his new EP, and Uh Before that, so we'll let people know we're on Newsly. We're a featured podcast on Newsly, so if you use coupon code GHOST, you can get one month free premium subscription so you can stop scrolling and start listening. We are a featured podcast on Newsly. We'll be on Newsly within a couple hours. So again, thank you for being on the program. How are How are you doing tonight?
1: I'm blessed, man. Busy and blessed. Busy and blessed. So <laughs> I can say right now. So NSD did that drop on the twenty fourth? Yeah, yeah, it dropped last uh, last Friday on the twenty fourth, and it's um, available on all streaming platforms. Yep.
0: And that stands for Never Stop never dreaming, right? dreaming.
1: Yep. Never stop dreaming.
0: Yeah, I was listening to it. I really like the vibe. I, I like I like the feel of it because of having some like issues with the streaming. I don't know if I can try to play it. I was going to try to play it, but I think that might not work tonight on the signal. <laughs> so
1: we'll, we'll, we'll speak to it. But uh, so what made you come up with that title? So Never Stop Dreaming, it was kind of something that really came to me, to be honest with you um you know we all hit that point especially growing older as mu- musicians we dealing with life and it, it makes it easy for you to kind of like give up on your purpose and focus more on like uh what people would call like the reality aspect of things uh, but mm-hmm. on the flip side of it it also stands for never stop being aware because you know in dreams itself people think that you are sedated people think that you are like um you know in a not aware state but that's actually the most aware state that you are. That's actually where you receive the most inspiration, receive the most inf- information, you know what I'm saying, in your dream thing. So it also is saying, like, never stop being aware of what's around you. Never stop being aware of your purpose. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of like the, the the method that I uh, went when we are coming up with that, the name of it. Um, but, you know, that those things I was dealing with. I was dealing with a lot of, um, you know, different messages, different attacks, different um life things and um you know also dealing with where i was at in my career where i wanted to go next and kind of really being a shirt and it really came to me of like oh never don't don't give up on your purpose don't give up on your reason the original reason for why you started doing what you're doing
0: yeah that's that's always important i think a, a lot of things you know as a musician you know i'm a keyboardist and producer and i do get a lot of ideas in my dreams That's why my studio is in my bedroom (laughs) because I can wake up and just jump on my board, jump on my Moog, and it's like, hey, I just had this in my head and just go right to it.
1: Exactly. I
0: I really feel like I got my multi you and I got the mic and I can just go, hey, stream of consciousness or something just came to me. I just, boom, put it down, you know, because I I, I do believe that a lot of that stuff that just comes to you, I try to put it down as much fast
1: as I can. and no uh, no i'm just i'm the same as that way and that's kind of how this project was um it was crazy because like even my name my name ashton martin came to me in a dream ashton mm-hmm. is my regular my actual name but martin mm-hmm. is an acronym and uh, a producer came up with it he was like with martin he called me ashton martin off a of play of the car but i never liked it so i had to find something in it mm-hmm. that was like okay it got to be something for me in it. and then i thought on it thought on it went to sleep that night and then it came to me. I just woke up in the middle of like motivating all relevant to inspire nations. And that's how Ashton Martin was created. So, like, you know, dreams, yeah, it's it's important. I, I've had a lot of a lot of ideas, a lot of things that came to me in dreams, like right on the spot. Like, so yeah, I, I agree with that, man. Like, yeah, and and Great. this this project was created like a lot of like just in the moment, like in the just, moment, like yeah.
0: consciousness. Like, I, no. I like just like I'll have, sometimes I have a song and i I structured it out. Right. And other times I'll just like do free form it. Right. I'll just go down. Like I got a lot of roll and stuff. So I'll just like go do an 808 and I'll just yeah. like use an 808 and create a B, And then I was like, you know, I'm just going to kind of riff to it and I'll just keep the multi track going, you know, and some of it I might keep, or like, and sometimes it's just magic. Sometimes like you just do something. And it's like, you know what, that third take, is actually better than anything else I came up with mm-hmm. that I was intentionally trying to do. It's like so I just find like sometimes just riff it off of something if you Yeah.
1: Yeah you no know, I agree. I agree. Um just a lot of this I mean it was crazy because um I had someone say to me that this was the most um Organized thing that they've heard from me out of all of my recent projects, which is crazy because it's literally the opposite. This is the, literally the <laughs> most project that I went in with just like nothing but feeling with this project, nothing but just pure, just inspiration. Um, some of, some of it wasn't even written; it was just in the moment. So it's just like, yeah, it just goes to show, like that process right there is like important and make sure you keep that. Don't get me wrong, like we still structure and organize, but it's like yeah. that initial thought, that initial feeling, like you can't take that away, you can't beat that. Like that, that's what really made NSD at the end of the day. It was like just that. And um, I, I do want to give a big shout out to Blur. Um, He was the one producer that produced the whole project. Um mm-hmm. and he definitely was the the heart behind a lot of this inspiration with his instrumentals, what he came up with, you know what I'm saying? So big shout out to Blur, man, Blurred Up.
0: That's cool. Yeah, because I mean I, I'm a strong believer that, you know, when I first started, you know, back when I was like 17, I just had, you know, a band in the basement and we just mic'd everything and recorded it right to real. And and I, I even though people have the DAWs and everything to that, I still like to record that way because I think what you're able to do is your experience as an artist you, you have to trust it i think you start to trust yourself you trust me mm-hmm. right and then you know like hey i know i can do that it's like the old days with the old hip-hop guys they used to go to the do you know to the to the to the battle of the bands you know and just kind of riff off each other and that stuff was magic you know it was like, they were just going off the cuff and they, some of that stuff is just amazing
1: yeah Yeah, for sure. I mean, like in the beginning, it's like it's really just learning to master your craft. Like they say, you put in those 10,000 hours to make you an expert, but after I feel like once you get to that point where you've like um kind of found your voice or found like your part in it in the music, you know what I'm saying? It's like from there, it's really just about the feeling because no matter what you do, you can always have those skills that you've. Built the foundation off of, you know what I'm saying? Now it comes to like making people feel what you feel, you know what I'm saying? That's that's kind of where I feel like it comes from that at that point. Like in the beginning, we just we just it's almost like practice, you know. We we just practice or mimic what we are inspired by to become good musicians. And then when you get to that point where it's like, okay, I put in this work, like I can do this in my sleep. Now mm-hmm. more about like what do I want to say now? What do I wanna, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Where where am I at in this? You know what I'm saying? I think that's where it kind of comes to. It's like, okay, what is me in this? Like, what is my imprint? You know what I'm saying? My own own personal imprint in this music thing. Like, you know, everybody else kind of has their thing. And I feel like that's that's where the greats kind of fit in. They have their own like signature, you know what I'm saying? That you you sign in 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 the music that like just lasts forever like and just has the impact from it yeah because
0: i mean i think just being able to to be comfortable within your own skin about what your you know who your influences are you just naturally you know vibe you're i think as a musician you are the sum of all your experiences what you're feeling at the moment you're on the mic and then the, like you trust your gut it's like all that muscle memory like i'm a keyboardist so i've been playing for how many hours since i was 17. You know, one time I'm playing, I might pull something from a Stevie Wonder album. And I didn't even know I was going to do it. Right. And yeah. it's just in my head. It just might come out. Not that I was planning on it, but it's like, it's kind of like that's like the original kind of sampling that all musicians do. Like yeah. we, we will reference, you know, you might be listening to something from the 30s or the 40s or something, you know, that Satchmo was doing. And suddenly you pull it into your song just because you just felt it. Yeah. And I think that's just the nature of being a musician.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. That's that's literally that's literally what it comes comes out to. It's like you you are those experiences, you are those influences, you know, at the end of the day. And um, you know, it's 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 okay to be inspired though. You know, some people yeah. kind of like feel weird about that, but like, nah, it's it's okay to be like I was inspired by this. You know, because we all have those influences, no matter where they come from. Sometimes it ain't even from music, though. Some it could be like I, I've been inspired by the most literally random stuff. Like sometimes it could be a person I don't even know. I just hear a conversation and it sparks a thought in my head. I'm like, oh, that's that was pretty cool. Like that they were having a conversation about that. And just sometimes even people watching, you know what I'm saying? Just just yeah. just watching how people operate, like just you know, watching the tendencies of people, you know what I'm saying? That as far as like, especially growing up, that was like literally my inspiration just watching people like you know what i'm saying just watching the things that's going on around me it's like oh okay this is this is kind of like how i learned you know and i feel like that was even my navigation through like the the jungle as people would say um i didn't really learn a lot of stuff just by experiencing it firsthand i watched people experiencing and it was kind of like okay i know what not to do because i seen what happened to them so it was kind of like i know how to move now you know what i'm saying it's kind of like um in in a sense of like that same jungle um as a as a as an alpha um as an alpha animal right mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of what happens when they are hunting it's not like they they go through they do experience but a lot of it is what they see you know what I'm saying a lot of it is what they what they see going on so it's like you learn how to become an alpha because you learn not to make mistakes of the the people that Previously, probably died before you, so it's kind of like okay, he got it. So let me not do that. Let me maneuver a little bit different. You know what I'm saying? But take yeah, note yeah. of that. You know what I'm saying? But like, kind of study thing. your environment. So I think that was like one of my biggest things growing up, like the way I and it's even to this day, it's why I draw a lot of inspiration up for like just growing up and just observing things around me. You know what I'm saying? What I came up seeing, like,
0: yeah, I think I remember Chuck D said one time that like rap, like Public Enemy, was like the CNN. For, for, for the for, for urban youth, like for anybody. Yeah. Cause he was kind of like like I'm gonna report reporters. What, I, <laughs> that what I see in my rap and give it that kind of political like he was coming from political perspective a lot. Yeah. But but it was it was his idea like I'm gonna frame it through my lens of how I see it. Right. Like how Chuck D sees the world, Flavor Flay sees the world. That's what they were doing. And that was kind of cool. I like the idea that they did that. Yeah. Um like Grandmaster Flash in the message. Was like this thing. Is like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna reflect my experience and tell people how I see it.
1: You know? Yeah. No, that, that's 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 right on the head. I feel like that's that was a lot of my influences because either a it was misconstrued, so it wasn't reported correctly, or it wasn't just reported at all. It's kind of mm-hmm. like people have a reality of um, certain aspects that i I've, I've like, it's kind of like almost twisted in a sense. So it's like, I, I'm like, I don't think that's that's not what I observed through my perspective, or it just wasn't talked about at all, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And um, I, think a lot, I think one of the biggest things that I, I portray and I'll talk about is just the normal life coming from um, a certain environment that people don't mm-hmm. understand, right? Because people don't understand that um, it's almost like a humanistic. So when people come from a certain environments, it's almost like you try not to like... Um, it's almost not relatable because you feel like they're not humans in a sense or they're not, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, yeah. no, nah, we like, it's, it's, it's like I've observed people, some of the most people that did most, the, the most savage things live a regular, like literally like humanistic life. Like, you know what I'm saying? And it's kind of like, it, it kind of throws people off when you look at it. And it, all, it also makes you kind of like, um, it also makes you think twice before being so judgmental to people. You know what I'm saying? Understanding mm-hmm. like, okay, okay, this is actually a real human being that you're that you're judging right now. You just don't understand that. So when, when, if you was to observe this person the environment, you will almost understand why this person acts in the way they do or does the things that they do or, you know what I'm saying? So it's like yeah, people yeah. just look at instances, like very like specific instances and don't understand like the environment or the whole lifespan. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, a lot of times people just uh, you know, a caricature or like they just have this idea that's like, uh, you know, not the, you know, it's just it's it's their impression. You know, like they, yeah. see, they hear about one news article, about one thing, and then they put that in the whole community, right? Because one one person or a couple of people did this doesn't mean everybody in that community is doing that, right? Yeah, but fact, we, we get we get put into that box it's like one famous black man does something the all black men do that. Like, really? Exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like come on. Like, how can you put everybody? It's like saying every human does the same thing. Like, it don't work like that, man. Yeah. How like, could that be? <laughs> <laughs> my grandpa don't do that. <laughs> do do that. My great grandfather didn't do that. My uncle Joe doesn't do that. So what are you yeah. talking about? <laughs> and we all different people. So it's like we all like even different. Like even looking at my grandparents, how they react to things it's totally different. And we all come from different generations. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. So like the way my grandpa would react to certain things, like I may react totally different. we from two, three, totally four different. separate different generations, so it's like we didn't even grow up in the same like climate. You know what I'm saying? In over here, so it's like
0: yeah, yeah. people could be shocked. Like sometimes I I was around to hang around some like like let's say like a San Francisco kind of liberal hippie, made made an assumption that that like African Americans would be digging everything he digs, right? And I'm like, not necessarily. Like, a lot right. of African Americans are very are church going, very conservative people. And yeah. this, if you're doing like action, you're like, well, yeah, you're liberal, it's like, doesn't always match what you think, right? So, exactly. like, maybe they're making it some. So, like, conservatives can make assumptions, liberals can make assumptions, hippies make assumptions, progressives make assumptions. It's like, you need to actually know somebody, like, yeah. Act, have a conversation before you you go and pin me down
1: (laughs) for sure. And and just the fact he from San Francisco, you grew up on the West coast, you know what I'm saying? You grew up on a totally different, different side of things. You know what I'm saying? For me, I'm from the South. So me, I grew up on the, in the Bible belt. So it's like a lot of things that you may, your perspective may be a totally different. It doesn't mean wrong or right. It's just that yeah. we grew up on the two different, totally yeah. different perspectives. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and um, I think like, I, it's crazy because meeting a lot of different people, I'm very like observant. Um, it's all, I'm, I'm like a weird person, right? So like, I'm, I'm even to the point, like I love hearing people accent because I love guessing where they're from. And I'm Thank almost you. like, I'm 85% with it. When I hear somebody accent, I can at least guess, I probably can't guess the city, but I can guess like the area. I'm like, oh, you from this area because your accent gives me this, you know what I'm saying? And yeah, yeah. This, it, it, it just shows just how different, like even though we're all from the United, we we all can grow up uh, uh, black Americans in the United States. It just shows even even then it's just so different, like from the different areas, the different. Yeah, lingos, okay. the yeah, different
0: the boston kind of accent right which yeah. is totally different than in new york or down south and you get you find some black people with that boston accent you're like what yeah well, if <laughs> if black people live in jamaica plains and roxbury and they got that boston accent and you're like yeah. oh it's not just the irish guys in south boston to have it you know there's like there's a whole black communities inside of boston that they have that that sound it's like and it's not the same it's like my wife is west indian she's from barbados and her yeah. accent's kind of like a like an Irish Cockney accent. And then on the phone, people confused her. They think she's from like Scotland or Ireland. And they, they, they were like, what? You're from Barbados? But they never heard a lot of people from Barbados. So you don't, yeah. they
1: don't know. <laughs> for sure, for sure. It was funny. Uh, me and my wife was having, we was watching a show. Um, and this actor was actually portraying somebody from Barbados. Uh, I went and looked up the actor's information because i was like she's not barbados that's not like the actual barbados accent i I can tell like i'm like that's not it and come to find out she's actually haitian she's a great actor though because she was 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 putting it on i was like i'm like she's good but it's not it's not i can tell it's not that because i've heard people from barbados talk and i'm like but when I was ignorant before I met like a lot of people I used to think like they like a lot of the islanders specifically all sounded the same until I started mm-hmm. meeting different ones from different areas and I remember yeah. like specifically about Barbados one of my favorite teachers growing up was from Barbados like mm-hmm. he was like literally he was a history I think it was Some type of history, black history or something like that. But he was like, like he was very liberal when it came to like the system we was in. He didn't really care about what was the curriculum of how it was supposed to be taught. He just taught it like how history was really history. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember like being influenced by him, like he's from Barbados, and he made it clear, like, this is where I'm from. Like, don't get it twisted. This is where I'm from. Like he made it very clear. So I, yeah. I, I like that accent really stands out to me because I know when I yeah. hear, I'm like, no, nah, that's not. That's not the real. That's <laughs> yeah, different than Jamaica. It's different yeah. than
0: Bahamas. It's exactly different than, like Dominican Republic. It's like it's like it's totally different. It's like it's each island has its own thing. For real. And uh, and it's like you know that's what. And then people like all oh, your yeah, African Americans and like well, people from the West Indies. They don't always identify with everything we're doing in the states. Yeah. They're like, you know, I got a different experience, you know, because yeah, they may yeah. have grown up and there's black doctors and black engineers and black people own businesses more because it's a black controlled area. So, exactly, you know, so you have a different perspective. So they might look at it like, well, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> <For> really, <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I know people who've got businesses. What are you doing?
1: <laughs> facts, facts. I, I remember um, like uh, watching a lot of TV. I used to always think growing up that um every island I heard was Jamaican. And then I remember seeing, like, real Jamaicans. I'm like, bro, you hear, like, a real Jamaican talk, you almost can't understand what they're saying because there's so much, like, slang in in between what they're saying. I'm like, you almost can't, like... You have to like literally piece together sentences because it's like you, I'm like literally. I remember going to Jamaica and they they like talking to me and I'm like piecing together like different parts of the sentence. I'm like okay, okay, you said well, that. Okay, that. I <laughs> get the gist where you're going because like when you hear from it from you literally can't understand what they're saying. Like because it's like yeah. it's almost their own language, it's like their own yeah. dialect. Yeah, yeah. It's like, even if you go to London, like if you
0: go to Shepherd's Bush, England, and versus London, you're gonna get such a weird it's dicha- dicha- such a different uh version of the language and they've got their own kind of slang and stuff that's very local it's very localized and so you get this kind of thing with the different areas even in europe like between yeah. you know of uh, uh, france and italy you're like what is this person saying they, they, they're italian but it's not the same as what's in sicily versus what's in another town they're like wow it's totally different and that's what you start to realize how diverse things
1: are even in the same Kind of zone area, yeah, yeah, for sure. Cause like I said, I'm from the south, right? But I'm from Florida, right? So I stay in Georgia now, I stay in Atlanta. So it'd be something things like if I'm talking to people from Atlanta and I'll say certain words, they'll look at me like, Bro, what are you talking about? And like, <laughs> oh my bad, I forgot. Like, did I have to tr- Like, this? Is what I'm saying. Like, even though we are from the south, we still got different lingo, like from Florida. Yeah, I may be
0: see- Delta. They're talking yeah, totally different worlds totally than anywhere different. else,
1: <laughs> and it's certain it's certain lingo that I can only use with people that's from Florida because they only understand it. Because they're like, if I talk to somebody outside, they're like, "Bro, what?" Like, or it may be <laughs> some people like. I remember I had to like break it down because it's certain words, certain phrases that can be disrespectful outside mm-hmm. of where you're from, right? So, like, you mm-hmm. got Louisiana, Florida, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, right? Like in that southern belt. We all mm-hmm. use different phrases that's like outside of our area is disrespectful. So, like for ours, for example, you got Louisiana, they're very loose with the with the B word, B-I-T-C-H. They're very loose, yeah, but it's yeah. not disrespectful. It's just mm-hmm. like when they're really emotional, that's how they speak. If you're not, if you don't know anything about Louisiana, you never been there, you would take it to disrespect. Like somebody calls you, you're like, hold on, bro, who you talking to? Like, what you know you what doing? I'm saying? But that's <laughs> that's how they communicate. I'm from yeah. Florida. We use a different version. We actually say BIH. And it's like okay. it's not, it's not disrespect. It's us. That's kind of like a it word for us. It's how we describe a person. Place like, or a thing, it's like we just it's natural, it just comes in. Like, I have to remember that when I'm talking to people, and it's like if I use it in a sense, somebody might take it disrespectful. They're like, Bro, what did you just call me? I'm like, Oh, I, I wasn't calling you that. That's like literally yeah. like our lingo, like you know what I'm saying. I remember yeah. hearing like two Louisiana in, you some talk. kid
0: you, you see some kid from the suburbs, right? And he starts talking like the n word, but he says it with the r instead of like the ga, yeah, and you're like. You don't got it, man.
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> like, "Hold on, what did you just say?" And like, I even in Texas, right? So you got, "Okay, you got uh in Texas, right?" Like, normally uh Hispanics and blacks um, it's it's almost like a separation, in different areas in Texas, it's totally different, it's totally together. So the Hispanics use the N-word like a black person used the N-word. Mm-hmm. If you're not from Texas, you don't understand. You see this dude, he's light skinned in the mud, yeah, he's you're flying with the N-word. You are like, hold on, bro. This dude tripping, like you know what I'm saying? I'm like, it was crazy because I'm like, you have to understand, like in where they grew up at, but if you go like to the west, it's totally different. Hispanics and blacks is like a separation in Texas, though, it's like it's, it's, it's just like it's like that. Blacks and Hispanics grew up in the same neighborhoods and the same, you know what I'm saying? So they use the same lingo, they go to the same schools, the same parties. So they 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 cool on the N-word, they don't have no problem. I remember talking to my um Puerto Rican homeboy growing up. In Florida, he would not use the N-word. And I'm like, bro, you are like you black, bro. You can say it. He was like, nah, bro, I don't feel comfortable. I like you yeah. can say it. He was like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. But like in Texas, it's different. They let it fly. They like, yeah, in and then it like nigga nigga, be like they don't care because they they, you know, they, it's a different culture, like, but yeah, a yeah, little yeah, bit towards out. west, it's not cool. Like they say you know, it's disrespectful. You, you, you So you
0: gotta be like mindful of your surroundings. That's why I always tell people like like you kind of gotta observe and check out and listen, and and once you get to a new zone, it's like like you might have certain habits, but you gotta like if you get to the new area, you kind of gotta like you know you're in Rome, you like do like the Romans do. It's like yeah, figure it out, right?
1: And uh, ignorance ain't an excuse, man. You get caught like you like I always tell people, ignorance ain't an excuse. So it's like. It's kind of like like where I grew up at, right? So in the south, I'm I'm from the south, right? But west coast is gang culture. If nobody's gonna walk up on you, you wearing a certain thing in a certain area, they don't care that you from this area, they're gonna be like, bro, you should know it. Like, you know where you at. And I'm like, nah, I don't know where I'm at. (laughs) Well, you should know where you at. (laughs) You should know that you shouldn't be doing this or wearing this and saying this in this area. Like, you gotta know, like, it's not an excuse. Like, so it's like, you got to like be mindful of your surrounding. It it, it pays to be um, like open to things that's outside of where you're from. You know what I'm saying? I feel like a lot of altercations that happen between people, a lot of time from out of town is because of that. It's just simply like, you know, if one person would have stepped in and just is not ignorant, they'd be like, oh bro, he just means this. Oh, okay. It's as simple as that from a whole yeah. altercation. Like,
0: Yeah, things are so hair triggered today. People are so uptight. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's because we were locked down and people forgot how to behave. Uh, (laughs) So, so like, it seems like people, you know, we like, even where we are, like, we got people that just forgot how to drive. They forgot how to, how to, how to, how to to talk to people. And things just escalate for like, like zero to a hundred. Like, like, really? But, but, like, it just seems like, yeah, it's a good advice to kind of just, kind of observe and listen like it's like listening skills and i think it's like as an artist i think that's what we do It's like we absorb like you you were talking about it you absorb a lot and then you put it into your work right because like we're always documenting like our experience as creative people right that's what we're able to do we're able to make it universal
1: yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm. A, I think I'm a natural sponge. I think most artists are like that. I, I'm just. It, it's a benefit. It's a. It's a blessing and a curse. Cause sometimes, like, as a, at being a sponge, sometimes you soak in too much, or sometimes you dwell on things. It's not. You shouldn't be dwelling on. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can replay something that happened in high school in your mind, just like as like it's it's happening right now. But, I mean, that's just what it is. We're, like, sponges to everything that's around us. All energy. And that's why me, personally, I don't I don't necessarily hang around a lot of people. And when I say hang around, I mean, like, on my daily, day-to-day basis, I don't be around a lot of people. I, I'm, like, around specific people because I'm so much of a sponge that's, like, if I got bad energy around me, I'm kind of yeah. soaking it up. You know, know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm very that. mindful of that. Yeah. So, like,
0: on the on the EP nsd besides the title track what what song is like your favorite song or you think a song that people should should listen to you probably have
1: all the songs you want people to listen to but is a favorite song other than nsd on the on the the ep if i would say like one song if you had one song to listen to off the ep like to probably check out now and then check out the rest later i would say um pov first Mm -hmm. Uh, because i feel like pov kind of um kind of like sets the tone for the whole project um mm-hmm. it's very introspective um it's uh, the, the instrumentation on it the vibe of it is very chill very mellow very like you know what i'm saying um but yeah that's that's that was one of my favorite tracks to create it's very creative and i also like the story behind. It's kind of crazy because i made that in the in my car like so oh, like wow. that one was yeah that one was crazy i was in between spots it was in a hotel and i like literally just had the mic and <laughs> like just recorded it in the car. Like That's awesome. So, yeah, that one's how that one created. But like even the story behind it, you know, it, it's it's a dope track. Um, but yeah, like if I would also say like any any other track, I would say take uh um take my time. And mm-hmm. that one is kind of like just you know, it's very mellow chill, but it's one of the vibes on the I say that like if out of the all like the song, it's the it's the vibe of the, the EP, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But um the definition is different, like POV what i would definitely say so like which song did you write first for the ep um be free technically right um because i wrote be free and i recorded be free shout out to one true i recorded as at his crib in his studio but it wasn't it wasn't made for the ep it was just it was a first track that me and Blur collaborated on um he had the beat i was just like literally just in his studio one day and i was like mm-hmm. man i'm finna just knock this out it was like one take literally i just knocked the whole song out um it got it mixed it to him he was like bro this is crazy and i think i dropped like a snippet of it mm-hmm. not, matter of fact it wasn't even a snippet it was just a acapella like not acapella but like the beat playing and i just literally did it like verbally and recorded on my ig and people were like going crazy they were like bro this is crazy and i was like oh snap okay y'all feeling this and so um i remember coming back to blurred a year later and he was like man look we uh, we might as well go and make this you know we both like we might as well go and drop a couple more tracks and make this into an ep and that's kind of <laughs> like how the ep kind of started but be we free take was like the first 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 track i think I wrote
0: so you thought it was just going to be a single and then start opening it up to be an EP?
1: I didn't know what it was going to be. I just really like, I heard it be, and I just literally wrote to like my feelings. I think I went to his website, as a matter of fact, and mm-hmm. um, we first started connecting because we met through one of our, he grew up with um, uh, the homie Duke Dezun, who's a comedian. He's from New Orleans as well, mm-hmm. but he stays out here in Atlanta. I knew him first, and he always referred me to him. He was like, bro, you and this guy. Y'all need to connect because I'm telling you, y'all, y'all would vibe, y'all would mesh. And like eventually, uh, I think that was around 2020 when the clubhouse wave kind of started. So Mm -hmm. he had a room and then we'll always be in the same room. We'll talk together and everything. And then we kind of talked offline, come to find out we had a lot in common. You know what I'm saying? We love anime. We're born in November. We got the same type of vibe. We both kind of like have a chill, like chill yet intense persona in a sense. You know what I'm saying? We're very passionate about what we do. And um, you know what I'm saying? It was just like we, we kind of grew up in like almost similar environments as well. So we kind of mesh and connected on that. And, um, you know, from there, it was like just once we started working, it was just through there. But like I heard that beat and I immediately just wrote what was on my mind at the minute, you know, at that at that exact moment. And so that's kind of how uh, Be Free came to play. A lot of people was like um, they said it gave them like, um, like almost J. Cole vibes. Uh, mm-hmm. which is not surprising. That's like literally one of my one of my uh favorite artists. That's one artist I'm most inspired by. Um, but I think that was just what it where it brought me to when I created that track. What what's your favorite anime? My favorite, it's gonna sound cliche, right? Um not that I'm I'm in the anime, but I do want to still say it's Dragon Ball Z because Dragon Ball Z is the first thing that <laughs> brought me in anime. But you also <laughs> got to understand my when I was born, like the time frame, I was born around that time, so yeah, yeah. that's what it was that was what popping. I'm like, okay, that's what got me into it. Um, other than that, I'll say uh, Yu Yu Hakusho. Um, but I out of this generation, Attack on Titan, hands True. down, gotta be like, that's one of the ones that's like. Did the most with the less to me. I watched mm-hmm. the less of it, but it caught the most of me. I was like, yo, this is fire. Like everything about that it was like off the chain. And I got hooked and like actually really started watching it. Now I'm waiting for them to finally drop the final season. Like they've been saying for years that they're gonna finally do the final season. I don't know what's going on with that.
0: I'm gonna show my age. I like a Japanese animator. I don't know if anybody's gonna know. It called Gotcha Man. Like, it was known in the US as Battle of the Planets, it was in the 70s. It kind of it's like a strange one There's actually the guy who created speed racer
1: actually, mm. uh,
0: this character uh, superhero japanese superhero team called gotcha man they got converted to battle of the planets and it's, it's a very strange uh it was a very long anime it had over 100 episodes at the time that were interconnected so it's kind of like the first case in the early 70s where you have this long-standing animator was running multiple shows connected to each other which is because I say, wow, this is actually connected, They're like multiple shows connected to each other as a big story. Wow, like an early thing
1: in the early seventies, like seventy two, seventy three, which is like you know kind of dates me, but it's old. Yeah, you just put me on now. I got I got to go. I got to go and research and shake it out. Now you just put me yeah, on. I feel like the way Speed Racer art looks like, and you wanted it to be a little more serious. It's like a superhero team drawn in the in the style of Speed Racer. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Cool. I think that's one thing I always liked about anime too, because they like they they uh, always have it's not you had a main character, but it's always more than one storyline. It's always more than one character, so it's like so much development going on. I think that's what I always like. Yeah, my anime. It's kind of like you can you can find other characters other than the main character to love. It's okay, like. Yeah, yeah, Cowboy Bebop's another one for me. Oh, but, yeah, Cowboy Bebop's <laughs> fire! Yeah, yeah I remember like that. Yeah. I like the music because
0: I like, I like jazz. So, the fact that they brought bebop in there, and I've been a jazz guy, like I listen to Davis, I listen to Coltrane, I'm like, yeah, sunra, and I'm like, because I think a lot of the jazz has always been an influence in hip hop. You have bands like Stale of Soul and uh, Book Down Productions, like bringing jazz pieces in, and uh, I've always been into that. I thought I think it's cool. To bring other forms in, but um, what what are your thoughts about bringing other types of genres into your music?
1: Um, I mean, I think it's natural in a sense, and I think that just comes from background. You know, I grew up around a lot of genres. You know, I grew up around a lot of island music, soul, jazz, gospel, R and B. You know what I'm saying? So I don't I don't even think it's like intentional. I think it just comes out like of just like mm-hmm. out of the DNA of growing up and what you're inspired by. Um, so I think, like, that's, I think it's always dope, you know what I'm saying, anytime, and I always, i I've grown to actually, like, rock as I became a teenager, I, like, really kind of, kind of, like, a little, uh, not, not, not none of the crazy stuff, but, like, the, the soft rock and stuff like that, I was, yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, ah, this is pretty cool. Yeah, I heard a rock song like, um, it was crazy. I was watching Hulu and I heard a rock song that came on in the ad, and I went and like looked it up and everything. I'm like, this is fire, bro! Like this is, (laughs) this is hot. This is hard. Like, and I was bumping. I mean, I'm like, my wife was like, I don't like this, but I'm like, this is hard. Like, you gotta listen to it. You gotta listen to the lyrics. Listen to the instrumentation. It's hard. But like, I was always,
0: yeah, I listened to like Thin Lizzy. I don't know if people realize, but there was a black Irish man was the lead singer. Of then Lizzie was a black bass player yeah. in York, Ireland, and uh, they they, they had these rocks, you know, like uh, you know, they had all a lot of real cool rock songs that was you know, like a Zeppelin type of vibe, but mm. yeah. And they, I was always into like I was into Hendrix because Hendrix, you know, I grew up yeah. in the 70s so. and he was like the ultimate guitar player, even today, he's considered like the best in the world. And you know, people was like, Oh, rock is this and rock is that, but people forget, like you know, Bo Diddley. Chuck Berry, Lil Richard, like like we created rock and exactly. people forget that it's a black form. Yeah. you know, in this because like there's an ACDC or Aerosmith or like Zeppelin, you forget there was Hendrix.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. It uh, that that always happens. So I feel like even now with hip hop, it's kind of getting to that point. Like people are forgetting, like, you know, we still created this. You know, I know everybody comes to love it and comes up, mm-hmm. but remember where this comes from. This is this is this, yeah. we created this. This from comes from disco. a place, like, like, it's yeah. a real place that this comes from. Like,
0: like, disco wasn't created by the Bee Gees, yeah. Like, come on, <laughs> well, they were good at it, and I understand everybody knows that. Right? Saturday, everybody knows I was disco, you know, yeah. Donna Summer was disco, you know, like there's there's a lot of disco, and it wasn't just the Bee Gees, they just were like super, super star, like the Beatles, of, yeah. of, you know? and then people forgot all the black bands that created it. But, um, exactly, you know, just like funk and. If, I mean, we create most of the forms, you know, and uh, exactly. and that that's one of the big things about in America. There's African Americans. We created so many of the art forms from jazz to rock to blues, you know, like you know hip hop, EDM, a lot of a lot of you know electronic music is all really coming from a lot of you know guys like Herbie Hancock. Mm-hmm. People forget, like rock that that was a jazz guy that actually went into like that type of sound he went into that sound and people say oh you only come from these other places no like herbie (laughs) hangar he forgot (laughs) hendrix you forgot
1: (laughs) for real for real man i think i think that needs to be pushed as much as possible like that don't need to be taken out of memory like we gotta remember the originators of this thing like yeah yeah. it's important like
0: yeah because then it's like you try to get on an edm stage and if you're like a black DJ, like
1: yeah, they're like, what are you doing here? Like (laughs) (laughs) we created the form. What are you talking about? (laughs) What you doing? Like, bro, like, no, like, we actually I always had these for these fights with people, and I remember like even talking about because, like I said, I stay here in Atlanta, right? So most people think about auto-tune, they think about Atlanta. It be like yeah auto tune that's atlanta i'm like bro if if we being technical like i'm from the 850. you know t-pay was probably the first person y'all ever heard do auto tune like on that level when we're talking about the hip-hop r&b status so technically it comes from us if we being technical about it yeah. like you know what i'm saying like it's just like people so quickly forget it because everybody ones up like every and that's how it's supposed to be i love it though because everybody's supposed to take it and take it to the next level like you oh, know, yeah. that's why we yeah. do what we do because even okay. my mindset, I'm thinking about like where I come from. I'm from a place there's no resources, it's no other artists that came out. I want somebody when I come out to hear me, I want them to be bigger than me. I want them to jump on what I did and like go take it to the next level. And I'm cheering them on, you know what I'm saying? But it's like at the same time, you still can't forget where it comes from, you know what I'm saying? But that, yeah. that, yeah, for sure. Like,
0: because I mean, everybody got to remember like most of like hip hop, a lot of hip hop comes from Parlor and Funkadelic, George Clinton. Bootsy Collins, those guys, Eddie, Eddie Hazel, like they, they were the originators of the funk, right? Along with James yeah. and, and, and and Sly Stone and Curtis Mayfield, right? Those are all black artists, right? And hip hop built off of that block of, of James Brown, Parliament funkadelic, Curtis Mayfield, all that Sly and the family stone. That's all comes from there. Right. And then and every people forget also like progressive rock or Stevie wonder. But you think about Visions, songs in the key of life. He's one of the predominant synthesizer like innovators in, in yeah, the whole world. Like he, sure. people go and they already talk about Genesis, they talk about oh, yes, yeah, Genesis, yes, yes, true. But listen to songs in the key of life. Listen to Intervisions. Listen to anything Stevie did in the seventies, and he's way ahead of
1: like everybody. Exactly, for, <laughs> you know? so far ahead his time. Yeah. it was like it ain't. You have yeah. to double check the date. He's like,
0: yeah, did yeah, he really do this at this time? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, he's still ahead of time right now. You know, if you go check, let's <laughs> like, like, shattered and village, ghetto land, and stuff that they put down.
1: Yeah, man, know? people, people are still like making covers remixes to his songs like to this day, like to this day, that's just shows like it don't nothing else. show. that shows like how far ahead of his time. And I think that's like, I think we like four or five generations at this point, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So And the stuff he put down was so intricate, you know, being the keyboardist,
0: I go back and I listen to what he was doing. I mean, in some cases he was taking one note on monophonic synthesizers and building them into chords and overdubbing and overdubbing and overdubbing and people also forget that stevie could play drums and he would actually go on his records and play his own pocket drum parts wow he would layer and he would like orchestrate what the horns were going to do he'd actually tell them kind of like james brown yeah he'd actually like say this is what you're going to play and so he was actually writing like all the parts and so that that's a level that you know people forget. It's like, well, not just the Beatles are doing that. You know, guys like Stevie Wonder are doing that. You know, guys like Marvin Gaye were doing that.
1: Um, composing.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's we got to get into it
1: for <laughs> real. Totally composing tracks. That's that's amazing. Like. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's why I try to get into the people I work with. Is like, like, there's nothing wrong with trying to compose and really put together stuff. I do sound design. So yeah. I, I actually take synthesizers and I build tones from scratch off of my sense, you know, using MOGs and Prophets and Rollins and stuff like that. Old school kind of, kind of scent, electronic music. A yeah. lot of people today they just think electronic music is some guy on a CDJ, like you know, electronic music is actually a guy like on a Moog or Roland Jupiter Eight or a One Hundred Six, you know, One Hundred Six. It's like we're actually building the tone, yeah, like, like Herbie Hancock, <laughs> for real, but. Yeah. that that's, I think people are starting to realize that there's a level of people. I've seen a lot of artists, like black artists, getting back into that. And I think that's, all, I'm always encouraging, like anything you can, you jump on an 808, you jump on a drum machine, you jump
1: on a modular synth, you know, try to, try to build something yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was just having a, a talk with one of my uh, rap homies the other day. Um, Shout out into a and I was literally saying, like, bro, I think I'm gonna I'm a eventually get back into production. If not so, just like getting back into it, like fully doing it, but at least creating like the basis of it and then mm-hmm. like sending to the homies that like really, really, yeah, they, and then just tweak it together, just come up with like literally the idea of where I wanna go with it and just sit, have them like flip it and sauce it up and then just build the song from there. Like, you know, it's just, yeah, so it's so that crazy. Cool,
0: yeah, I mean, there's so many cool tools. I mean, I got in the Kai, like MPC, like thing called a Force, and basically it's you. Know, you can go on the touch pads and you build your own beats. Right, you can actually go in and write them. Right, yeah. so you got plugins and stuff, but you're you're not just clipping samples. You're actually writing things and quantizing the beats, but actually writing your own drum lines, bass
1: lines. Yeah. And you can down because it will actually just. I would love that because I come from a drummer background. So when mm-hmm. it comes to, even when I was making production, I can, it was hard for me, like the, the uh, to like my, my, my issue with doing it on the dog was uh timing it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I could yeah, only I, do it. Like if I'm doing it in real time, like I literally had time, to yeah. hit the data, hit the drum, you know what I'm saying? Hit the snares. Yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. the only way where it actually really fit in the place <laughs> for me. It was hard for me just to like, copy and paste it on there so it's like i'm like okay I, I know with me like i would really like actually have to have like a drum machine where i can really put it together like and then yeah, you know get somebody to like really just do the go back and do the side because my issue with production was um the, what it took from my artistry and what it took from artistry was the time because it was so yeah. tedious we're getting all the oh, technical right. things down and i was like yeah that's what made me put it down for a while because i'm like i gotta master my artistry first then when mm-hmm. i get to this then i can dip back into this bag again but it was like it was taken away because it was taking me like hours on hours on hours and it wasn't just the idea of it, it was just like the technical stuff of it it was just like I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. T- I get my I always give my kudos to producers and engineers. I give my kudos, bro, because that's some like tedious stuff. I'm like, yo, y'all the yeah. ghosts for that, because like that is super tedious. Like,
0: well, for me, it's like I just like to write, and it's like you know, because because I'm a keyboardist, I can naturally put stuff together. Um, kind of like you know, melodies and chords, and uh, that's what we do. Yeah. And then a lot of these cool devices, like these NPCs and the Kai Forces, what they're cool about them is like the you know beat focus like you get bands like Dale la soul and the public Band and the old old school rap bands they were using npcs the heavy you know because yeah. you could go in and you can clip stuff up but you could build your own stuff it's kind of like an 808 on a tr recordings thing you can just go and start you know popping your know, four on the floor and you can start throwing the symbols in. And you start throwing you know stuff together and it would be easy to kind of quantize it but you're not just moving it on a grid you yeah. could actually just you can actually play it on the pads. So even if you don't know how to play a keyboard, you could go on the pads and like figure out, okay, here's the notes, and I'm not a keyboardist, but I can still hear what I want. Yeah. And then put it down. Kind of like James Brown used to go in this scat the rhythm and scat the melody to his band. Like if you listen yeah. to old James Brown tapes, he's actually going do dot do da da da, 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 da saying what telling the band how to play. He yeah. would tell the drummer exactly what so, <laughs> he'd tell him what to do and then he'd say tell the bass player he's like oh no go boom dun, 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 dun. he would actually hear him doing that he heard like michael jackson used to do that if you listen to his mm-hmm. you yeah. know, like quincy jones he's actually vocalizing with his voice what he wants the parts to be and so that's still writing the part
1: you know you you can do that exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah you think about a lot of those guys that was live back then too so like if any artist has experience with doing a live band, that's like what it is at the time. Especially if it's no rehearsal, it's on the spot. It's kind of like you're literally like all you got is your instrument of your mouth, you kind of like telling like, doo, 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 doo. yeah, give me that, give me that. Okay, cool. And then you do 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 like you know yeah. what I'm saying. So yeah, drummers, that's
0: that's super hard. Drummers, I mean, like yeah, and the drummers just pick it up. Like like even if like I, I would be with drummers like and the singer just starts singing. Yeah, and a natural natural drummer knows what to put down. Once somebody starts singing, right? So if, you, if you're like a singer, that's your voice. And yeah, a yeah. hip hop person, like that's your instrument is your is your voice, right? Mm-hmm. But if you got a real drummer or a bass player, and they start hearing you rap or hearing you sing, they'll just start they'll start jamming. And I yeah, think I think that's where a lot of hip hop is going. Like you see guys, like you know uh, Kendrick Lamar, he's got like live bands. there's a lot Mm -hmm. of guys that will have like you know future guys they had live bands Mm brought camp they had live bands because like if you can get to that point where you can get like a live like like a motown type of band like like you know like those type of guys that you get these like really good studio musicians and they just hear what you're doing and they would just naturally know
1: what to do with it exactly Man, come on cuz it's like we all fit in our pocket. Once me, once I hear the drummer getting in his his I already know what to, I'm I'm set. Everybody else you could pick up after that, but once the drummer, once I get the rhythm from the drummer, it's like okay, I'm going you in. You got it. You got
0: I it. I know right?
1: I know what to do. I know exactly what to do from this point. Like <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. going in like Yeah, that that is always fun, man,
0: cuz I I missed cuz of the pandemic, I just ended up doing everything myself cuz I can't. Yeah but I've been in band versions of my ghost band with drummers and bass players and guitar players. I did miss being in a session where I'd just be on the board, start doing a chord arrangement and drummer just like, Oh, okay. I know what to do with that chord arrangement. And he just kick it in. And then as soon as he, he did that, then the bass player knew what to do. Everybody kind of knows what to do. Exactly. And like, you know, it's just like, and the funny thing is like, I don't know. It's like, sometimes I've been in bands, like, you know, the band's clicks, but I don't have to tell people what key we're in. I don't gotta tell them what the chords are they just kind of know what to do they like find somebody gets, keeps man. on coming to me and say what what is that I'm like you can't feel it
1: <laughs> for real yeah for real like you you feel it. like I don't even know because it, it's been sometimes I, I didn't perform bands and it wasn't even a key of the original song recording but it's just like I knew. Like, as soon as, and that's what I love about bands as well, because sometimes you create, like, even with live performance, you create something totally different. Like, yes, yeah, it's, it's the it's the same thing as a track, but it's something totally different. We're in a totally different key. We're in a totally different vibe, rhythm. We're somewhere else with it, like, and the only yeah. way you can experience, you have yeah. to be there to experience it. Like, you can't experience, and I, that yeah. that's why I see why people do, like, even when they do the regular album, they go back and do like a uh, a band version of it, like you know, because you can't you can't beat that, bro. Like that live, yeah, there's, uh, something the it, like, there's something about know, it, yeah. it, it, it. It's something,
0: yeah.
1: When you're with man. a
0: natural musician, right? Like like I always get with some guys. Like what I ran into is really interesting. I ran into a classical musician, right? And they're good, but they read off a of sheet music, and so if yeah. you put them with like a jazz, band, they don't know what to do. And I was yeah. really shocked. Like I invited a guy; he was like a classical guy, and and I thought he would be able to because he's a musician. And I didn't understand, like a classical guy who's just reading sheet music. You put him into a jazz fusion band, and he gets lost because <laughs> he's looking he's looking for the sheet, and there's no sheet. We're just going <laughs> off, and, and and you don't know what he doesn't know what to do. He's like, These I was guys so are shocked. off script
1: right now. I don't know <laughs> where you don't know where are. are you? <laughs>
0: So think like, that was that was I, I, that was all I. But yeah, you don't feel the same way. So that I think that's kind of like a free form, kind of free flowing guy that goes to a open mic night you yeah. don't need
1: the script but just go off <laughs> yeah yeah for sure I, and i think that's natural to me i come from like like i said that church background that's we weren't playing off no sheets I'm, like, I'm drumming like i'm literally going with the choir and then you might have to deal with somebody that's off because a lot of time they was off well i might be in the choir i'm somebody's off in my ear, so i'm i'm, I'm going with what i'm going with at that moment so i come from like yeah, that. yeah. freestyling yeah. to me like anything like that was like, in the moment, it's so natural to me because that's what I'm used to doing. Like, I'm used to building like that. I'm used to going off in the moment. Like, But, yeah. It's like it's
0: harder when you work with producers to try to tighten it up. Like, 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 I understand. Like, sometimes you work with somebody and it's like, we're trying to build something tighter, right? But yeah. sometimes what I find is like, okay, I'll do it. But I
1: find it's not as enjoyable as if I was with the guys doing the fusion. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not as fun at all, and, and that's why I want to give a shout out to Outlaw B because he kept it raw, like in the mix of this project, he kept it really raw, and that's why I wanted it to be. I didn't want it to be super clean, like I didn't want it to sound super tight, like I wanted it raw because that's that was like the feeling. My it was it was in the moment. It was like, and that's where I wanted to stay at. I wanted that rawness, that feel in it. I feel like mm-hmm. it translated perfectly through the through the music, like.
0: Yeah, because that's like my my new recording technique, which I've been doing for a while, is I actually will go and do a live like Facebook event. And then I'll multi put my all my multi-tracks on and I'll just go and jam for like an hour and a half. Then I go back and I listen to the tape. And what I like about that kind of writing session is like if I am in a writing session and I don't go do that, then I might start stopping and start stop, stop and start, stop and start, stop and start, right? Because I'm trying yeah. to get it right. But if I go and say I'm just going to free flow like a jam, like it's a live concert, then I have to complete a thought without starting and stopping. I have to yeah. go and actually t- just try to do it. And I find that that you don't know where you're going to go, but you go, and exactly. you if exactly. have that muscle memory, you have that experience, and to find that the, the songs I've written like that are far superior than the ones I actually sat down and tried to
1: to to, to piece together. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I feel that. I feel it's that. It's na-
0: still more natural.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's the same as that way for me. The same is that way. Um, Yeah. And then I also feel like it translates live too. When you perform it live, it translates. Um, that's why I always like with my verses, of course, I'm not, we're not in the perfect world. So I don't record every verse, just one take, you know what I'm saying? Obviously. But I try to get as close as I can because I know when I'm performing, like, if, if I sit here and just piece and paste this together, like, just sitting in here doing it, when I'm performing, it's not going to translate right, because it's not how I recorded it. But if I can do it more, like, raw, live, like, as close as I can get to it, it's like, when I perform it, it's going to translate, you know what I'm saying? And that's, like, that's what I do when I record. And even, even translating my flows, that's why I flow a certain way, because I don't try to, like... Do it so much, like to the point where I can't do it live. I hated that. That's when I first started early on performing. That's one thing I hated about my earlier tracks because I was like, this don't translate right when I perform it live. So let me go back in the studio when I'm recording with that mindset of how I'm performing live. Like, let me be easier on myself in a sense, you know what I'm saying? Because I was killing myself. Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) I'm going live trying to perform this stuff from the studio. I was killing myself. So I'm like, okay, let me take that mindset when I go in the booth, because it's like keep in mind you still you're gonna do this live so it's like you gotta you know what i'm saying like so yeah Yeah, i think a lot of bands today get locked into the fact that they've got all their
0: backing tracks and they've got their like their ableton or their pro tools or their logic version of their song and then they get locked into it and they were cutting and pasting and moving things around so much that it doesn't have the feel of something like you go back to like uh 82 or 79 early early hip-hop it doesn't have that kind of feel because they most likely live recorded it yeah and maybe it's a third or fourth take but they actually went all the way through right and so then it feels more natural and the same thing with a rock band like if you actually go back and you listen to like a rock band that actually played it all the way through like an almonds brothers or something you know or or like cream or any of the old rockers they, when they actually do a take where they didn't keep on cutting and stopping. It actually flows and you learn the song like as a, as a writer, like if I, if I track my song and then record it track by track, by the time I'm done with my song, I actually sequentially learned how to play all the parts. So I actually learned. Yeah. So when I go to play it, it will sound natural because I'm not just piecing it together. Cause like I have to relearn. If I write a song like that, it's hard to actually learn how to play it. Exactly, and you might just run off the tape <laughs> because, like, it's so it's so convoluted. Like, like I can't even know. I didn't. I never really played that through. Like, I just moved it around, but I didn't actually ever play it through.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. It's, I feel like the same, and I feel like this was also with this project. I learned it so quick um and for the listening party that's why i'm so excited uh for this this saturday with the listening party because like i learned every song so quick and i it usually like when they come to performing i usually don't have them down packed that quick but for this one it was so natural that it was like I already kind of by the time by last friday when everybody heard the records i already knew them enough to perform them right then and there so it's like with when it. I, preparing for the Saturday, it was like, oh yeah, this is on point. Like this, this takes like within one week of this. It used to be like a month of like me preparing beforehand of like for another for another version, mm-hmm. another track. Like,
0: yeah, man, it's too hard on yourself.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure, it is, it's hard. But sh- and I, I always yeah. go back and tell myself too when I'm before, I'm like, bro, I'm never doing that again. Like I'm tearing myself <laughs> up. <laughs> like, you kill yourself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of bands,
0: like, they, they're stuck, like, you know, they have to mute and unmute, and then they have to decide, what am I actually going to sing, right? Because they're so locked into their backing tracks that they only <laughs> have a little bit of room of what they can actually sing, right? So they have to go and kind of learn how to perform that song based on what they're going to mute and unmute. Yeah, And, uh, you know, that doesn't feel as natural as actually just going out there and doing it.
1: yeah for sure for sure
0: but uh yeah so i i I love talking to you i i I always have a good time i think we almost hit our one hour mark and we've had a lot of people here tonight uh giving us feedback and that's really cool and uh yeah i hope everybody goes out and checks out the provided here for everybody to go out there to the link tree and uh, and under your link tree, they can find
1: your new EP every,
0: uh, on that link tree.
1: Yeah, you can find a new EP if um, you're interested in pulling up this Saturday, um, to the release party, and it's also in there as well. Make sure you get your tickets, pull up, you know, we're gonna have a great time. Shout out to two Benji, he's also gonna be uh performing as well. Um, but other than that, I'm rocking out the whole EP that night. We're gonna have a vibe, man, man. Definitely pull up, awesome. this year. uh, yeah, so. Sure.
0: Well, thank you very much. We had good good feedback tonight. Everybody likes what you're saying. They like what we're talking about. And so, yeah, it's always open invitation. Anytime you have a project, you want to push it, you come on, uh, come on, Peg, come on, fam, electric ghost, and we will we'll do the job. So thank you again for being on tonight.
1: Most definitely love, bro. Every time, and I appreciate it.
0: Okay, thank you. Yeah, this will be available. We 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 one new thing we do is we create a landing page. And a landing page will have, like, the Spotify, the Facebook, the Twitch, the iHeartRadio, everywhere we are. And we'll send that to you so you can give it to your fans. And it will have, like, everywhere the podcast can be.
1: Dope, dope, dope.